0: Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwaskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dwaskin.
1: All right, Fred, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. Gets me going all the time. All right, welcome to episode 18. Of the Jeff Tawaskin Show. As always, I'm Jeff Tawaskin. Glad to have you back for another. Episode, and this one is going to be amazing. Special guest today is Jackie the Joke Man Martling. You know Jackie from eighteen years on the Howard Stern Show, but here's the funny thing: we don't even talk about the Howard Stern Show. We talk about all the early years that lead up to the Howard Stern show, and then here's a great part. Jackie's going to come back, and we're going to go deep into the Howard Stern Show and the time there, and he wants to answer all of your questions. So how are we going to collect all those questions? Great question. You guys are amazing with your questions. Go to at Show on Twitter, and posted there will be me, Using the Answers RN app. Jeff, you mean from episode two of the Jeff Tawaskin Show, that amazing app that allows you to take questions and answers on the internet with ease? Yes, that app. Everything you learn here comes around again so that we can apply it to real life. You learned something today. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so go there, submit any question. You'll hear in the interview, nothing's off limits. Ask any question you want Jackie to answer about his time on The Howard Stern Show. How cool is that? That's because Jackie is that cool. So again, go to at Jeff Duoskin Show on Twitter and just click and you'll see the cool app. You record your question to me. Don't worry. I won't post the video anywhere. It's just a fun way for me to collect it and show off my friend's cool app. Again, that app is Answers RN, and I'll put the link to it in the show notes so you can check it out and maybe use it for yourself or on your Twitter page or your Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of good uses. All right. The sponsor for today is the Tom Selleck helpline. Did you even know there was a Tom Selleck hotline? Did you know you could dial 516-922-9463 and Tom Selleck will answer any question you have on any topic? That's right, and he's sponsoring today's show. So give him a call, 516-922-9463. If Tom Selleck can't answer it, it's not worth asking. The Tom Selleck hotline, 516 Definitely support the sponsor. That's how we keep the lights on. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. You're going to love it. I've gotten many questions answered. I recently called because I needed to know how to cook a lobster. Oh, my God. I've eaten lobster my whole life. Don't tell my rabbi. Anyway, but my point is, I've eaten it my whole life. And I'm like, I have no idea how to make one at home. I've never made one at home. And our plum market had this big special, $14.99 a lobster. That's amazing. Sure. Spoiler. I didn't know it was like a two ounce tail once you have Cooked it and ate whatever. But anyway, it was fun. It's the adventure. So I called the Tom Selleck hotline. And yes, I learned how to boil a lobster and steam a lobster. Those are two different things. I had to choose. I chose steam because supposedly it's much better. And actually, if you go to at Jeff Dwaskin's show, there's a picture of the lobster. I think you'll see I did an amazing job. So definitely, definitely support the sponsor. Again, 516 516- Nine two two nine four six three. Okay, time for the interview. Oh, this is, I am so excited. I'm so excited. You know, if I reached out to Jackie, I said, Hey Jackie, he was like, Hell yeah, Jeff, I'll come on your show. There are a few dirty jokes during the conversation, but it is Jackie the joke man. So if you need to at certain times, just do the earmuffs thing. And get ready for my conversation with Jackie the Joke Man Martling. All right. All right. I have a special guest with me today. You know him from 18 years. <laughs> Howard Stern Show. You've seen him in The Aristocrats. If you're lucky, I you caught him on XM Sirius on his own show playing Stump the Joke Man. Ladies and gentlemen from New York, Jackie the Joke Man
0: Martling. How are you, Jackie? Uh, I'm enjoying... Um, touring the browser world with you, my old friend. Ah, uh, yes, yes. But I think I think we have landed on it. Uh, I've not seen you since Detroit. It was such a great, great time in Detroit. I don't know if you remember or if you were known, but the night of that event, the original pig virus from uh, WNBC was there. The, not, and not And not Paul uh, Giamatti. I'm talking about the actual guy uh, Kevin, yeah, I, I'll have to think of his name, but the actual guy from WNBC that got he, destroyed he was in the movie—he he, was—he was there in the flesh. Kevin, ah, I, you know, I didn't think of it till you were just talking. Then, uh oh, yeah, he was yeah. great. it was great. great to see him. I hadn't seen him in twenty years, thirty years, whatever. You know? Oh, I would have. Of all the people, how random would that have been? But you know. I wouldn't have gone around and said, hey, who remembers Howard Stern from 30 years ago? Do you remember this guy? I wouldn't have done that, you know, so. That's interesting. It, it's an odd little thing. I got a picture of him somewhere, you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I had known that. would That would have been a great picture to get.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think he passed away like two years later, so. Uh,
1: oh, my goodness. Well, that was uh, 2014 was the event that we did, Mittens uh, for Detroit. But with uh Aaron Cummings. Pretty that was awesome. So yeah, that was
0: Are you still wow. in contact with her?
1: Yeah, actually I just uh we we Facebook and then I actually uh interviewed her for the podcast. I don't know when
0: Oh, well, well you, you gotta tell I, I hope she remembers you. Remember. Just please tell her I said hey.
1: I will, I will, I will. And of course I'm sure she remembers you. You she seems uh she has a heart of gold for all that, uh mittens for Detroit stuff. So I'm sure the <laughs> fact that you actually did the show it was very special
0: to her so well I, I felt like a little bit of a dick because I got paid for doing it. I didn't get paid a lot but I did get paid you know but, but she, uh, it's a big deal to get in a plane and go a the way out to Detroit though but oh man what a so nostalgic I spent a lot of time I spent a lot of time in Detroit when I was I was in Michigan State for seven years back and forth to Detroit a million times. Are you from there?
1: I'm from I'm from Michigan. Yeah, I grew up in the suburb of Detroit my whole life. And I'm
0: scared to ask which one.
1: Which suburb? West Bloomfield.
0: <laughs> ah, nice. And West word. Bloomfield
1: and Farmington Hills. Well, actually, I grew up in Farmington Hills, and then second half West Bloomfield. So my
0: girlfriend was from Oak Park, and a good friend of mine lived in uh, uh, Roseville, and my roommate was from Livonia.
1: Well, there you go. So you 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 just went to college at MSU. My daughter goes there now.
0: <laughs> Yeah, go right through for MSU. I, I, I was supposed to graduate in 71. I mean, in 70. I graduated in 71, but I stayed in town doing rock and roll for another two years. Right. Took me took me seven years to get out of that town. It was a little, a little, a little too much fun, you know?
1: I guess I'm obligated to say, go green.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that's just pretty good. You know, cool.
0: it's really great. When I first started getting a little bit famous, people interview you, you know? and. They ask you questions. So many of these interviewers, they interview you over the phone and they they don't record it or write. They just talk to you and then they write down what they remember. And if I could tell you how many interviews they say. And Jackie Marling went to University of Michigan. And I used to call (laughs) up and complain. Then one day I woke up and said, wait a minute. They're handing you 700 SAT points. Shut up.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We're the only split. thing
0: I have to do with U of M is in, uh, in 1968, I went in 1967, fall of 1967, uh, I went to jail at, in uh, Ann
1: Arbor. <laughs> An overnight thing or a little more serious? Uh, no, fall,
0: fall of 1966. This is so great. My roommate's from Livonia. You know, about the second week that we're there, his family comes up, and he's Slavic. Now, my mother and father, they, I don't know if they've ever even touched each other, let alone me. And his next parents come up. They're the greatest people in the world. And when they're leaving, he kisses his father goodbye on the lips, which is like a, a little bit foreign to me, who I don't know if my father even shook my hand but they were the sweetest people in the world. Two weeks later, three weeks later, one of our friends has an older brother that goes to U of M, so we go out of the U of M for the Michigan-Michigan State football game. Of course, we don't have tickets, so we're at his brother's house, get drunk out of our minds, and the game, we go out drinking, and we wind up at some party, and I was so loaded, and I came out, and I was so belligerent that the cops were like, they looked at my buddies, Nick and Chris. They said, what, what are we going to do? we got to take this guy, take him in. And they're like, Duck, go ahead. You know? So I go to jail in Ann Arbor after being in Michigan for all four weeks, six weeks. I know nobody, <clears throat> no idea what to do. I called my roommate's father in Livonia from Ann Arbor. I met the guy once. He took me out for a beautiful steak dinner. We all bonded and got along great. I caught his father, came from Livonia to Ann Arbor, bailed me out of jail, and then drove me back to Michigan State. And I got to tell you, we were best friends for the next seven years. If you could possibly believe that, is like, I mean, how crazy is that? I, I mean, how the hell I got a hold of his father? I will never know. And he came and bailed me out of jail. I just think that's just fun.
1: That is that is awesome. <laughs>
0: And that, I don't think that story even made it into my book. You know, I got too many stupid stories. I mean, there's no beginning and ending to that story other than I'm a jerk, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have you been to jail since or was that your yeah. first time?
0: <laughs> no, no. I, uh, six times, I think. Seven times, something like that. I went for, uh, I didn't have enough money to pay a speeding ticket. It's funny. We were watching a movie last night called The Wrong Man with Henry Fonda. And he gets uh, fingered as a as robbery suspect, but he was totally innocent. But they wound up shuffling around New York, and they put them in a paddy wagon, handcuffed to the other criminals. And I looked over at Barbara and said, I took that ride. <laughs> I went to Staten Island to pay a speeding ticket, and I didn't have enough money. And I said, well, Judge, I'll go home and get the money. No, you won't. And my buddy had to run back from Staten Island to New York to try and dig up the money. He didn't get back by 5 o'clock. So they go around with a van and pick up everybody at all the small precincts. And I'm handcuffed between like a, a car robber and a murderer. And there's like eight or ten of us in the back of a paddy wagon. And here I I went too fast. I drove too fast. I'm a 17-year-old kid. I can't I cannot define how frightened I was. One of the guy I I haven't ever told us to people. I get in, one of the first things that happened, they locked the door, closed the door on us, and one of these guys. Takes a hairpin out of his belt and removes his handcuffs. Just takes them off so his hands will be free. I'm like, Jesus! And then just like Arlo Guthrie on the Group W bench. I don't know if you know what that means. It it went around the, you know, went around the truck. What did you do? What did you do? I cut my wife. She pissed me off. What'd you do? I stole a couple cars and they got to me. They said, "What'd you do?" I said, "I went too fast." (laughs) <laughs> and it was just so funny. I'm this little tiny blonde kid. Oh, God. I'm sorry. See, I told you I'd go on and on.
1: No, these are great. Keep telling me more uh, in jail for
0: <clears throat> I went to jail for uh, for stealing uh, chairs. I worked at a country club. I worked at the most blue blood country club in the entire country. I don't know if you ever read the book The Gold Coast about the north shore of Long Island. But piping rock clubs, you know, it, it, the Kennedys couldn't get into piping rock Club because they were Catholic. One of those deals and it was my parents anniversary i had no money and we got a big shipment of chairs they had debutante they still do have debutante parties which are like two three four five hundred people and, a, and an orchestra and all these incredibly rich spoiled people and the beautiful girls come out their first time in society and they have these beautiful gold chairs but they're folding chairs because they got to store all these hundreds of chairs and they, they come down with a nice velvet seat, and they were beautiful. And they came four in a pack. And after years and years, they get worn out and worn out. So each year, they buy a certain amount of new ones and throw away the ones that in the worst repair. So we got a shipment of a bunch of these. So I'm late at Piper Rock one night, and I back my car up, and I open up the trunk of my 1961 Chrysler Imperial. that had a trunk that you could put a body in and put this big box of chairs in the back. And stole a big thing of aluminum foil so we could smoke pot. And at the end of the night, we're in the parking lot smoking pot and getting drunk. And the, the bowling alley parking lot and the cop pulls in. And so we're a little freaked out. And he sees this monstrous roll of aluminum foil, which is obviously stolen. He says, what's that? And I said, you know, it's mine, you know, and, uh, he, he just was a little freaked out. Meanwhile, I had a, a, I don't know, a good-sized chunk of hash in a pa- in a plastic bag in my pocket. And I've read since then how many people have choked. I actually took the bag and tried to swallow the bag with the hash. And once a cop got there, and four or five of us were standing there, and we're a little freaked out, and he's asking, what are you doing here? And he knew something was up, and we had just come from drinking all over the, all these different bars. and. He said, I'm calling for for help and uh, whatever. But I took the bag and tried to swallow the bag with the hash in it, and it got caught in my throat like a piece of roast beef. And I went like like that to try and get it out. Now, to me, that was like signaling to the cop that I just tried to swallow. He didn't hear it. I take the bag, the baggie with the, the hash in it, which didn't weigh anything, and tossed it as far as I could. It went about five feet. The fucking, excuse me, the sergeant comes pulling in and pulls his car right over the top of the bag. Okay, so it's under there. And the guy says, all right, I'm going to search the car. Open, And I open the trunk, and it's this big, huge box. It's like four of these folding chairs and a big cardboard box. And in big letters, it says, two, Piping Rock Club, Locust Valley, New York. And he said, where'd you get those? I said, oh, they're mine. I ordered them. He said, no, no, try again. I said, uh the, the club gave them to me. He said, try again. I said, I stole them. He said, very good, very good. <laughs> so they called me away to jail. I spent the night in jail drunk. You've got to understand that I come from a, a family of Republicans. And my father's great uncle my father's uncle, my great uncle was the national chairman of the Republican Club, and Nassau County was all Republican, and Democrats ran this and and it was so, it wasn't like now. It was more friendly, fun, crazy, you know, had Phil McCoy's. So in the morning, I don't even know what happened. I wake up, I spent the night in jail. I don't remember anything because I was so drunk. And I come up in front of the judge and I'm shaking like a leaf. And and the judge says, officer, check his arms. I said, Your Honor, I'm hungover. I got drunk last night. I don't do heroin. I'm, you know, I'm 17 years old. So they check my arms and the, and the big manager of the club says look we're going to let you go you know you're an idiot but uh, try and get your act together I said okay and my father's yelling at me all the way home he's so pissed off and I'm um, you know what am I going to do what am I going to do and he's like we're going to Newport Rhode Island for the folk festival he takes me down to the bowling alley bar where the car still is and we pull in, I swear I'm making, I, I know this stuff sounds, it all sounds like bullcrap, Jeff, but I never make up a thing. I never have to. We pull into the parking lot, and there's the baggie with the hash. <laughs> I get in the car, I feign like the car won't start. I said, Pop, I lived literally up the hill. He said, Pop, this happens all the time. I'll meet you at home. He leaves, I go out and get the hash, put it in my pocket, and drive home. All the guys are at my house. We're going to Newport, Rhode Island. Me and four of my buddies. I'm driving. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's a big deal. The Five of us are going to Newport. This has been planned forever. And I walk into my kitchen and there's my buddies having a beer, ready to go. Where are you, Marlon? What are you doing? And my father's like, he ain't going anywhere. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's not going anywhere. He's driving. And 20 minutes later, we're in my car on our way to Newport. Smoking the hash that I almost showed on in nineteen four, <laughs> And, you know, and that was another time. And meanwhile, the local paper was a Democratic paper. And they like to take shots at each other. And here I am, a prominent Republican son. So on the front page of the Locust Valley Leader paper, there was a little article. And the name of the article was, Gets the Chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the article. I know. that, that all That's sounds like awesome. Western, you know? and, when I, and I went to jail for uh, uh, I, I, a couple DWIs. And I fell asleep at a light in uh, Virginia Beach. We, we're out drinking at the show. And the younger comedians and the waitresses like, oh, we're going to have some Long Island iced tea. I said, hey, I'm from Long Island. Where I come from, we just call it iced tea. We don't call it Long Island iced tea. It's from where I'm from. I must have had four of them. And I was... I never drank that crap. I was so shot, I fell asleep at a light. It was banging on the on the window, and I look, and there's this female Virginia Beach cop. Like, do you do it. So I went to jail. I think I actually called the Stern Show the next morning. Like, my one phone call. I think I had to call him my jokes, Stern Show. <laughs> and uh, another time, um, it was the fifth anniversary of Rascals Comedy Club. That's probably long before your time in like 1985 or something. And it's the end of the night. I used to always play the guitar. I said, all the comedians on stage, come on, let's all sing, you on my sunshine. I said, shots for the band, shots for the band. So the waitresses bring up all these shots. And I'm on stage with a bunch of Jews. They don't drink. So I drank all the shots. And then I had to go do a radio show in Westport and drove off, got off at Rye, New York to take a leak. And it was one of those places where you get off but you don't get right back on. You know how some places it's not an on off. You got to know the area. So I got off. I'm lost. I'm driving down the middle of Ryan, New York with, with the white line in the middle of my car. So I don't hit anything and I get pulled over and I go to jail. I call my, my girlfriend. She wasn't my wife yet and she is out of her mind. She's got to come get me. And she, dro- I had to go do a radio show to promote, to promote the show that night. And I am so hungover and drunk. And I got my girlfriend screaming and yelling at me. We go to this radio show. I'll never forget the, the disc jockey who was a ventriloquist named Jose. And his ventriloquist dummy was a parrot and he was horrible. And I'm drunk and my girlfriend's angry. And I suffered through that. I was, it was just one of those very, very, very long, long, long events. And, uh, so I guess that covers my jail time. I mean, there might be a couple more in there, but uh,
1: I'm sorry I, you had uh, to uh, suffer through uh, the ventriloquist.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, so Jose, you know, you know, you know what's great about this business, and I know you know this. I'm sure that guy's still around. I'm sure that same guy is still somewhere with that, still with that stupid parrot. Nobody leaves. You always in the in the beginning, I used to run into people and say, "You, are you still doing this?" And then you realize everybody's still doing this. Some people get to some prominence. Some people get to no prominence. Some people get regular jobs, but they dabble. But very few people leave it completely behind because it's too interesting. It's too much fun, you know. So it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I learned that right away. They they said you never quit. You've never met a you'll never meet a comedian who quit comedy. I moved yeah. into podcasting. <laughs> that's nice.
0: Well, but that's you know <laughs> part and parcel same crap, right? You know. You know, it's funny, there's no gigs, you know. So I do Cameo, I didn't mean to segue into a commercial. No, please. But I do Cameo.com, have you heard of this? No, yeah, yeah. I do Cameo.com slash Jackie Martling, which I was made for. You know, two, three, four, five jokes, happy birthday, congratulations on your divorce. Uh, Charlie, my favorite uncle, uh, uh, sis, uh, you know, I hope you have a good time in college. And dick jokes and tell Jew jokes or don't be dirty or this is for my family and I I rattle these things off and it's like falling off a log. So I have no gigs. So if I do four or five cameos in a day, I tell a few jokes and laugh and tell a few jokes and laugh and it's like methadone. It's it's like it's like just enough, you know. Even though the only one laughing at my jokes is me, what else is new?
1: no that cameo is pretty awesome i mean i think it's it's, so it's helping fun. a lot of people it's, right now
0: it's so much fun and what well what's great not great for me is on my page if you go to cameo.com slash Martling, you know you can shop for people but there's like four or six or eight of my old ones so if you click on them to listen to what i did they're all full of jokes you can steal 20 jokes and never spend a penny so i mean i was kind of shoot myself in the foot to tell that but uh But I love it. I did my first gay wedding yesterday. You know, we've been married five years. We love each other. We love each other very much. But what we especially love is your gay jokes. So, you know, don't hold back. I said, all right. All right. You know, today I got one. Oh, my, my best friend is uh, of 25 years. He's turning 50 tomorrow and he's Puerto Rican and I want you to get him right between the eyes, you know, and they asked for this. So I just, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun. It really is fun. So
1: you know. Jackie, how many, how many jokes do you think you know?
0: That that's a ridiculous question. I mean, like, it's like how many words do you think you said today? I mean, it's, you know it, what I mean? Because know, if, if, if they're not ever. they're not quantifiable <laughs> because they're they're completely they can be told so many different ways and so many you know it's just, it's just so rare when people ask me that. Um, the only honest answer, though it may sound pompous, I don't care. My answer is. Almost all of them. But that's what I mean. People still get me, and I and I love when they get me. I'll tell you, Jeff. In nineteen in the seventies, I had a band. Now I didn't start out to be any kind of a comic. I'm no, you know. People say, "Oh, who do you like? Did you follow George Carlin? You follow? I listened to Red Fox because he told dirty jokes. I liked Kenny Young because he told jokes. I loved Rodney because he told jokes. And from Early, early, early on, the jokes just stuck in my head. I graduated from Michigan State as a mechanical engineer. I'm a smart guy and the, I have all the paths to choose. I know jokes. And by the mid seventies, I knew the jokes. And here we are in my band. We tell, we play original songs and tell jokes. Now, if you are a joke teller and people know it, everybody has a joke for you. And we would take a break and somebody would come up to me at the bar and say, All right, Jackie, I got a joke for you. And I would say, all right, I'm going to count down from ten. By the time I get to zero, if I don't know the joke, I'll buy you a drink. I ne- this is 1975, 70 years. I never bought anybody a drink. And I, th- my mind works. A guy will start telling me a joke about a nun and a priest going across the desert, and within two sentences, I'll, oh, this is the one about the cowboy and the Indian going down the stream. I mean. I see the parallels matching up. And sometimes I just figure them out, and they've always stuck in my head. But there is nothing better than when I have a new joke. I'm like, you know, it's it's like meeting a girl in the bar and going home and getting laid. I can't even remember the last time that happened. But like my God, I was doing a show with a guy named Mark Hudson, who was the Hudson brothers, who were the summer replacement of Sonny and Cher in the '70s, and a great guy, great guy. And he did a show at Iridium uh, at 51st and Broadway. Which, believe it or not, is the first place Jerry Lewis ever jumped on stage with Dean Martin. So that's a whole other story. So, we do the show and it's uh, Mark Hudson is so talented and so great and Billy J. Kramer from the uh, Dakotas, whatever they were, he was there and, you know, he'd have old-time celebrities like, you know, acts like me, and we'd have so much fun <clears throat> and it was always packed. And I came out of the dressing room. We've been back there for a half hour and the place is still packed. And a guy comes up to me, he says, Jackie, I know you know every joke. I've been following you for 35 years. I love your stuff, but I gotta try this joke on you. And he tells me a joke and I fall down. He says, listen, man, I know you're a nice guy, but you don't have to be polite. You don't have to, I said, listen, I have never heard that joke before. I can't believe I've never heard it before. And the joke he told me is so dirty that I can't use it in my act <laughs> because I don't care about dirty. Like I don't do Jesus Christ jokes for the most part. And this joke I don't do because it throws people. If you do something that throws people and they stop and think about it after they laugh and they miss the setup to the next joke, they're out of my rhythm and I lose it. So I, I, Rather than lose them, I just omit it, right? Because it's it's that foul that people are like, whoa. But you can tell this joke on terrestrial radio. And even better, you could tell it to a five-year-old kid. Now, imagine how many jokes fit into that. Too dirty for my act, but you can tell it on the radio, and you can tell it to a kid. And the joke is, a girl calls a doctor and she says, Doc, I got diarrhea. Can I take a bath? And he says, "If you got enough," <laughs> 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 which is just so horrible. And kids go nuts to that, and you can tell it on the radio. You can't tell a nun vagina joke, but you can tell poop jokes till you till you know till the cows come home, which I just which I just love. And that's happened to me x amount of times where you know, and then I tell somebody I never heard that before, and. They, they, they usually think I'm kidding, but I've listened to everybody. 72 years, I've listened to everybody. I was always the last guy standing in the bars. Five guys telling jokes, two guys telling jokes, 12 guys. You tell a joke, he tell a joke, I tell a joke. You tell a joke, he tell a joke, I tell three jokes. Now, while you guys are talking, I'm thinking of 15. I never stopped and just listened and listened and listened because it was like mining for gold. I was panning for gold because then sure enough, here and there, Wow, there's one you never heard before, which you know, which went on top of the pile and they, it's it sounds very stupid. A guy named David Feldman who does a podcast, a very a you know, real smart guy, a very liberal seven or eight hour podcast twice a week. And once a week at the end of his show he calls me on the phone and I tell ten or fifteen minutes of the most disgusting for the most part jokes that would curl a tire iron. Yesterday I spoke to him for the ninety third time okay wow. times 8 10 12 minutes 93rd time and still haven't repeated a joke damn mm-hmm. Have you That's been pa- I'll, I'll email you a couple of them. and not and the yes the resistance is he is the greatest audience he goes berserk did just dirty jokes and especially nowadays the world is made for me because there's nothing funny going on dick jokes and poop and sex Is funny. The rest of what's there's nothing funny about the United States or about the world situation or about disease. You know. Hey, I got the safe distancing thing down. Did I tell you that? No. It's very simple. I just walk around with my dick out, and if you can see it, you're too close. (laughs) I never asked you what the what the situation is here, whether we're supposed to be radio clean or not. So you might have to chop this out. I don't care. No, no, you're. All right, but enough good, about the good. enough about the Stone Show. <laughs>
1: Pretty good, right? I mean, we've been going almost uh, almost thirty minutes. I haven't mentioned it.
0: i <laughs> um, I I told you, I warned you that I yak too much, but I'll talk to you anytime. You know. So where right. you're, are you are? You're in Detroit right now?
1: Yeah, in Detroit right now. Yeah. Well, in not West, the city. I mean, but West like West Bloomfield. Uh, West Bloomfield. Yes.
0: Are you at Daddy and Mommy's house? No,
1: I'm in my house. <laughs> good, good boy. Good boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, you know, all right. So maybe another time you'll come back and we'll talk about Howard Stern. Well, <laughs> but, um, you can
0: ask me. I, I'm not in a hurry. If it, you know, I, I apologize for going on and on and on. No, no,
1: yeah. no. I, I totally get it. Tell me about your band. I want to hear about your band.
0: In eighth grade, there's a guy I went to kindergarten with. who's still my best friend. And, um, for some reason, summer of eighth grade, I must have seen or found heard that he played guitar. And I said, you play guitar? He goes, yeah. He says, uh, uh, I went to Sunday school with this really pretty girl. And she told me she thought Ricky Nelson was really cool because he played guitar. So I went and bought a guitar. And the girl never came back to Sunday school. I never saw her again. But I took some guitar lessons. And I'm enjoying it. He said, why don't you let me teach you guitar? I'll teach you four chords and we can have a band. And what he was talking about was, I don't know if you know music, but C, A minor, F, G, which is the four-chord four progression that's run around Sue and Teenager in Love and, and Who Put the bump and the bump, bomb You know, it's every song in the world. So he's teaching me guitar. In the ninth grade, we started a band called The Sonics, and we were horrible. And in between uh, songs, I used to tell jokes, which made everybody crazy. Then the Beatles hit. We were playing instrumental and... Uh, and then we started singing before the Beatles hit. We, we had a band for two years before there was such thing as the Beatles. And then all of a sudden, the guys at work at Piper Rock Club, have you had the Beatles, Jack? They can't even get on the airplane. they're so popular. I'm oh, shut up, you know, leave me alone, you know. Because, you know, obviously I wasn't getting very famous. And, uh, so, and then right away, we started playing way too many Beatles songs, which made us unpopular. And then uh, I went away to college and had a band in college, and we had so much fun because, you know, you know, you, you start playing music so you can meet chicks. You know, 99% of guys say they started playing guitar so they could get laid. And the other 1% are lying. Okay, that's all it is. It's, it's just a way to meet chicks. But it also winds up being so creative and so fun. It's it's even more addictive than comedy. And played in the band for the whole uh, the whole time I was in college. And then after I graduated, I stayed around for two more years playing in, in – uh, In East Lansing, Michigan, the the stories of Curl Your Ears about that time. And then finally, I got bailed out by a friend and we went to Denver. And for five months, I worked construction. And I said, You know what? This, This doesn't work. And that same guy who taught me guitar in eighth grade came through Denver and said, Come on, we're going back to New York. We're back to New York. And we toured, toured. We drove around Long Island from 1974 to 1979 in a bright yellow. 1955 Cadillac purse. I'll, I'll send you the pictures. And we always had booze and we always had girls and we always had pot, and we never got stopped. They must have figured who would, who, nobody's going to screw up if they're driving around in that thing. And we're so famous, uh, locally famous. We weren't any good, but we're locally infamous. There is not one frame of video of that band. And we broke up at the end of 78. Two years later, everybody had a VCR, had video cameras. There's video of everything. HBO hit, everything hit, and there's no video. We missed we, we we missed the cut. And we broke up in 1978. That's a great story. We had a three-piece band, and one night the two guys said to me, Jackie, we're going to leave the band and start our own band. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, fellas, I'm not a rocket scientist, but if there's a three-piece band and two people leave to start their own band, that's kicking me out of the band. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so I had all these millions and millions of jokes. So I was playing guitar and telling my jokes and uh, inviting people to, I, I met some comedians. It's it's all in my book. It's, it's too long a story. But the comics used to come, there was no place on Long Island to do comedy. So the comics used to come to where I was playing, Neptune South, Right Track In, and I'd let them get up and do time. Eddie Murphy, Bob Nelson, Bob Bartlett, Richie Minervini, all these guys, they would show up and, and do a little bit of time. And it was good for me because that was time. I didn't have to play songs. And then we started doing a show once one night a week in Huntington that instantly was so popular. I got the bright idea I'll start this joke line to promote that night. And I started 516922 Wine, which is my joke line that still works. If you dial 516 wine, it's me telling dirty jokes like I was 41 years ago. And that grew into the Eastside Comedy Club, that grew into the governors, that grew into the brokerage, and the whole thing went boom, 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 boom. And it's if, if you look at it, it looks like connected dots like we knew what we're doing. We had no idea what we're doing. You know, I, I had worked in a recording studio, so here we are doing a show in a barroom. I made an album. And then Richie opened the East Side Comedy Club. I made another album. Then I started running governors. I made another album. And me and Nancy are sending the albums to everybody, sending the albums to everybody, sending one album, sending two albums, sending three albums. And then I was in Washington, D.C., and this guy said, hey, there's this nut that just got fired from the radio, and he's going to WNBC in New York. You'd send him your crap. He would love you. So totally blind, I sent my three comedy albums to Howard Stern, KRWNBC. And a couple months later, he called me up, and I went in. And as they say, the rest, the rest of the is a mystery. <laughs> yeah. it's just, uh, and that's as simple. That's as that's as concise an answer as I can give you.
1: That is fantastic. So maybe maybe we'll do a part two one day. We can talk more about the Howard Stern sure That's a whole do
0: thing. me a favor. You, you don't. I assume you don't have my book. No, I think you gave me all your stuff.
1: I think I think you loaded me up. Only that. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Go well, well,
1: your book. Tell everyone the name of your book. Tell everyone the name
0: no, your I might, the book might not have been out by then. Oh, is this probably a newer book? It's a joke book. Okay, Look yeah, my yeah, autobiography.
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Tell everyone the name of it.
0: If you're a fan of comedy, Jeff, which you are, you will love this book. It's not, got nothing to do with me more than making your way through the, through the, through the maze. You'll love it. It's called The Joke Man Bow to Stern and I will send it to you, and if you're a good boy and read it, I'll send you the other half of it that didn't make it into the book.
1: <laughs> and
0: I, I get emails every day from people, and it's all left-handed. You know, Jackie, who knew you could spell? Who knew you could write? Who knew you could write a book? Who knew, you know, and we're surprised you walk upright. You know, Howard had people trained to think I was a monkey without a brain, that I was cheap and fat and, and mad, and you know, which was great comedy, but I unfortunately happened to be a very generous, very decent human being.
1: Yes, you are. Yes,
0: you I, are. well, I, I, to a certain degree, you know? <laughs> you know, I would sell my mother to meet a girl, but that's that's a. That's, well, who
1: wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's, duh, different. that's
1: different. That's different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm. I will do this again. Please email me your street address, and yeah. I'll send you the book, and uh, <clears throat> and I'll also email. Uh, I'll email you some of the links. To the David Feldman calls, I promise you you'll pee. And I'm sure even if you don't like filthy jokes, I'm sure you got twenty friends that do. Oh. And, yes. Uh, and I will send them to you. And you feel free to pass them around. And my documentary is done. But of course, there's no there's no film festivals to go to, so we're kind of sitting on it. But they did a great documentary on it. You know, I've been exchanging emails, jokes with Willie Nelson for twenty years. And Penn Jillette and Artie Lang and you know it's 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 an interesting an interesting documentary. So uh I will just leave you with one joke. Okay. A girl goes to the gynecologist She says, Doc, I'm freaking out, and freaking out. I keep finding postage stamps from Costa Rica in my vagina. In <laughs> the exams says, Lady, those aren't postage stamps. Those are the stickers from bananas. <laughs> 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 Oh. I know you can't laugh at that, so hang up on me and then go laugh your ass off, you phony bastard.
1: <laughs> Jackie, I can't thank you enough for hanging with me. This was great. I enjoyed I, it. I love
0: doing this. You know, I, I I never get sick of telling the stories. And I also never get sick of answering questions about the Stern Show. People say, oh, you know, uh, I got a question, but I'm sure you're sick of hearing it or... I miss you on the show. I'm sure you're sick of hearing it. I said, listen, if I ever get sick of hearing that, shoot me. So if you want to tell the people who listen to the show to send their questions to you, you can, you know, nothing, there's nothing off limits. I'll answer everything.
1: All right. That's what I'll do. We'll collect questions about the Howard Stern show. We'll have you back and we'll go from there. All
0: right, All right. man. Thank you, Jeffrey. I I appreciate it. Dial 516 9221. Way, the way that, originally got so crazy popular is rick dees used to put it on his show in, in los angeles when he was number one on morning drive in la and he used to tell people that that number was tom Selleck's home phone number <laughs> <laughs> don't get me going i'll see you next time Thank i'll see you, you next time Thank you.
1: thanks jackie <laughs> well that was fun yeah maybe now you get the joke about the sponsor that's right one five one six nine two two nine four six three. That's Jackie the Joke Man's joke line. Give it a call if you were hoping it was really Tom Selleck. Both Rick D's and I apologize profusely. So, in terms of our trending hashtag for this week, thought I would do hashtag New Endings to Old Jokes. Thought that was a appropriate one to do with Jackie as our guest today. As always, grab the Hashtag Roundup app and follow us at Hashtag Roundup. Play along with the hashtags and maybe you will end up red on the Jeff Dwoskin Show. How cool would that be? So cool. All right, hashtag new endings to old jokes. And again, I'm going to read them all. They'll be retweeted at Jeff Waskin Show on Twitter. They'll also be linked in the show notes. Give these people a follow. Give them a, a retweet. Show them some love. Okay, hashtag new endings to old jokes. What do you get when you cross Trump with a skunk? Fake pews. Pew, pew. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. Did you hear the rumor about COVID-19? Well, I'm not going to spread it. Why did the chicken cross the road? To socially distance himself, of course. Why did the chicken cross the road? This time the road had gone too far. Again, hashtag new endings to old jokes. Knock, knock. Who's there? Contactless delivery. Don't open the door. Knock, knock. Knock, knock you think I'm answering the door during quarantine, you've got another thing coming. Ha ha. And that concludes hashtag new endings to old jokes. Thanks again for joining us for episode 18 with Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Don't forget to go to at Jeff DeWoskin show. Leave a Howard Stern question for Jackie for a follow-up episode. Also, don't forget to follow us and subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your friends, share the link, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, iHeartRadio, Pandora, you name it. We're there, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwaskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show, and we'll see you next time.